0: Hi, I'm Sabad, business strategist and sole bloke at Sanitary. And today I'm going to be talking to my eldest sister, Dipti, about periods. Um, she's a GP and a partner at a practice in North London and has two incredible daughters, Dia and Aria, who are eight and four respectively. So I guess to start this off, Dips, how do you feel
1: chatting to me about periods? Um, I, th- I think when you first uh, broached the idea with me that it would be, you know, a, a good idea to 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 talk to you, to have a chat with you about about periods. I guess I was a little bit phased, but then, um, you know, I was, I was thinking that actually, you know, you're you're my you're my little brother. You've grown up um, in a house full of three often premenstrual women, um, so. Actually, periods became—I can imagine—actually became um, a, a very sort of commonplace part of your life uh, for a very, very long time. Um, I'm sure that um, you were privy to many, many conversations about bleeding and periods and pads and tampons. So, actually, don't feel too awkward about it.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, I definitely, definitely <laughs> was. But actually, I think like the main thing that um i kind of remember growing up from from when i was younger thinking back um that you know because we're gujarati and we're raised hindu uh, there were certain things that we had that you had to do while you were on your period and things that you couldn't do so could you kind of go over those for our listeners
1: um so i i guess my uh my main memories were um you know so there were certain uh certain uh, religious things like, you know, that we weren't allowed to get um involved in, so for example um we weren't really allowed to enter the temple room when we were on our on our period um it was uh it was sort of mandatory at home to um have all of your clothes that you'd been wearing, pajamas bed sheets you know all of those things um washed at um you know day day four and five um and then after you had sort of washed your hair um you know it's sort of again mandatory to kind of wash your hair um day you know day four day five um and and then after that you're kind of almost considered clean again um you know i remember having to be very very careful in the kitchen when mum had all of her you know um prayer kind of utensils lying around oh no you mustn't touch that you know um i i, I have i have to say i, I don't um uh, you know perhaps perhaps my um younger sisters will will have different memories of it but i you know i don't remember feeling particularly i found it a bit annoying but you know i don't remember t- feeling particularly aggrieved or or questioning it too much you know i really very much just took it as a one of those things shrugged my shoulders and um very much got on with it
0: i guess like in hindsight though how does it how does it make you feel thinking about it now
1: it's interesting because um you know i think some of those uh some of those um restrictions you know I, i guess i can phrase it that way um you know, I are, are still kind of, you know, we still sort of follow to some, ex- to, to some extent, even though I'm, you know, grown up and, and living in my own house. So um, we had, uh, you know, I'm I'm married to a, uh, a Kashmiri pundit and um, they uh, so a very, very important day in the, in the calendar. Um, for my husband's family is the uh, is, is everybody's lunar birthday which falls on a different day to our kind of regular western birthday as it were um, so on that particular day special meals are made we um, you know we'll always sort of sit and do prayers as a family um, and you know just just last week it was my uh, my daughter's eighth birthday uh, and despite the fact that my my in laws aren't here at the moment, there they are actually away in India. Um, you know, I was on my period, um, and I, I didn't get involved in in the prayers that particular day. Um, I it, it's it's interesting. I, I guess I I question why that is. I think it's just something that I've I don't know. Just it just doesn't quite feel right to me although you know I, I the rational part of my brain thinks i'm you know i'm not really not really sure why why that's the case um but you know it, it's still it's still something that that i i, I guess still still do yeah because it's actually
0: quite The um so in episode one of menstrual musings we spoke to uh dr camilla Rostvik, or hannah spoke to dr camilla rostwick about um about periods and about the taboos surrounding periods and one of the articles that she wrote kind of looked at the relationships between water and periods because of the, there was an advert which um, featured, uh, sorry, some artwork that featured um, blood in the shower by Rupee Kaur and other adverts like the body form advert so she kind of looked at the connections between water and, and periods and it's, it's quite prevalent across different cultures as well. Um, mm that kind of relationship um i guess for me um the uh, you'll recall as well that when our grandad passed away um because you mentioned that you're not allowed to take part in religious events um our auntie wasn't able to take part in some bits of his funeral ceremonies so kind of how did it make how did that make you feel at the time or in in hindsight because it's quite a visceral example um and you kind of mentioned the balancing acts between respecting religion and culture but also acknowledging that this is a it's more i guess it's an inherently patriarchal thing that marginalizes women um stopping them yeah. from participating in religious ceremonies so yeah how how did that kind of make you feel
1: you know it sort of it, it's it, it's interesting because i you know i, I remember um uh you know i remember our aunt being very kind of um understandably um upset um but by the fact that she that she was sort of denied access as it were to to the um religious ceremony that was taking place at home um and sort of felt i think felt you know i remember feeling quite conflicted by it because on one hand I could, um, I, you know, I, I could see that, the, you know, these are years of culture, you know, these are years and years and years of, of culture and tradition, and, you know, this was our grandfather's final send-off, um, and it was um, of utmost importance to everybody in the family that this happened correctly to make sure that his, um, you know, his soul put, departed in peace in the best possible way. Um, and, you know, there, there was that, you know, there was this notion that actually if it wasn't done properly, um, you know, his soul could be in torment. Who knows whether that's the case or whether that's true. Again, you know, I'm a scientist. The rational part of my brain says that that's all complete nonsense. Um, but, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, I did. I felt really, really conflicted because I could totally see this from my aunt's perspective. This was this was, you know, this was her father's final send off. Um, it's it's difficult you know what what would what would I do how would I feel uh now you know had I have I, had I been in her in her situation um I you know I think I'd feel really really quite angry and aggrieved I, you know I really really would um but w- would I w- would would I stand my ground and um I, I don't know is the honest answer I think it's it's such a it's such it's such a difficult thing to talk about really um i I don't know what i would do
0: yeah because i I was doing some reading about um the kind of taboo around menstruation and the link between or you know the uh, restriction on women not to take part in religious ceremonies and there's actually apparently in the vedas there's there's nothing that prohibits women from participating in religious practices um so it must be something that's kind the of a social
1: construct yeah.
0: yeah
1: i'm sure that that is probably the case yeah I'm, sh- I'm sure that probably is the case it's it's interesting isn't it because it you know it, re- it really is um you know it's it's years and years and years of of being almost conditioned to to behave in a in a certain way and i'm not um i'm not i'm not convinced really that i would necessarily um enforce this stuff upon my upon my two girls um i think as as they were growing up i'm sure that um you know get li- living in a kind of almost a joint family um you know i i wonder i wonder whether some of some of that stuff will be um imposed upon her not necessarily by me but by um you know by her by her grandparents or you know others but um i I, you know i'm not sure that i'll necessarily impose it i don't think
0: um yeah i guess moving on to the cheerier topic of kids um so i remember you told me that we were facetiming and you told me that you um told dia about um periods Hmm. and um i and i think she was on the call and you said to her uh, do you remember my Mummy uh, sort of told you about periods, and the look on my face was just of complete kind of shock? It was hilarious. Um, so, how did you explain periods, to Dea? Or actually, like I guess a, a better—pretend uh, that I'm Dea. Pretend that I'm your eight-year-old daughter, <laughs> um, and explain, yeah, explain periods to me. To me, like how you how you how you would explain it to a kind of an eight-year-old or seven-year-old
1: um so I think the, the conversation I think initially um I think it, it sort of stemmed from discussions about you know where babies come from um so we start you know I think we ended up talking about menstruation and you know she's got a real kind of interest in the human body and anatomy so actually for, for me it was um very very easy to just pull out her kiddie's anatomy book, which you very kindly bought her, actually. Thank you. Um, and, um, and, and actually just talk to her about um, a, a woman's reproductive system and, um, you know, talk about the onset of puberty and, and periods. Um, so, you know, actually when we discussed it, it was in a very, very matter-of-fact way um, using uh, a a, sort of ch- a child-friendly anatomy book. And that, that was the that was the discussion that we had. I mean, having having the discussion with my four year old was a totally different ball game. Um, I think for her, um, I remember using the analogy of um, of an anal- analogy of um, um, seeds being planted inside mummy's tummies and and you know and plants growing, and 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 actually that's that's how babies grow inside mummy's tummies. Um, and you know, and sometimes, and and sometimes when when the seed doesn't turn into a flower, um actually, we have to we have to get rid of all the soil and things that we use to to help the baby grow. Mummy has to get rid of that every month.
0: So did you? I guess did you explain that? Did she get that? Like, did she get the?
1: She the she cancer? did. So so you know, my my youngest. Um, L- likes to have her most deep and meaningful chats at, s- at quarter to six in the morning when she crawls into bed every day. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was it to- totally blew me away. Totally left field question at 5 45 a.m. Um, you know, she just got into bed and she asked me, you know, Mummy, where do babies come from? Um, how do babies get inside Mummy's tummies? Um, what's that pink thing that you have in your cupboard? <laughs> she was referring to my moon cup.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess what motivated you to kind of switch to moon cups Um,
1: so what motivated me to change Um, I guess um, I think that for me um, I think I wanted something that um, was was going to be kind of sustainable and reusable in the long term really I think that was the biggest um, the biggest drive for change for me Um, and i uh also i mean i think the other the other thing also was that my periods tend to be quite heavy so tampons never really provided a uh, a kind of long enough solution if that if that's the right phrase um you know i was i was finding that i frequently had to check to change tampons and it was just quite frankly annoying. Whereas moon cups have a, a, a much bigger capacity, you have to change them less frequently. Um so yeah, that they they were the two main drivers for me.
0: And do you think you'll encourage the kids to use reusable menstrual product, period products? Yes, like I, I will are incredible sanitary pads available um available to buy in the UK in full cycle yeah. kits. Um so, would you would you consider a reusable pad first, or what? Have you had many thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think for the for the girls, I think we'll, we'll probably give them. It's not my choice, really. It's gonna it's gonna be down to them. Um, but yeah, some, something like a reusable sanitary towel or um, washable period pants or something like that. Probably, I think.
0: Um, and. So you're obviously a, a GP. Um, what are your kind of experiences of menstruation as a GP? So you must get patients coming to you with uh, dysmenorrhea and um, endometriosis and those kinds of things. So how do you kind of deal with those patients? And how would you um, kind of encourage people to to talk about their periods to their GPs if they feel that they're having any issues?
1: Um periods are um you know very 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 frequently spoken about so i wouldn't say that um when it when it you know when it comes to discussing these things with one's gp um i certainly don't get the feeling that there is any stigma or concern or worry that um they're not going to be taken seriously um you know I, i you know i work in a very um it's quite a female-heavy practice, actually. Uh, we've got a couple of male male GPs, um, but you know, certainly, I, I definitely do not get the get the impression that patients have got any um, any qualms about about bringing up periods. It's a it's a very 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 frequent um, presentation, shall we say? You know, it's something that we see a lot. Period problems.
0: So. Have you had any sort of experiences of period poverty have any patients directly come up to you or uh, kind of or is it more indirect and inferred that people are suffering from period poverty
1: um, I think so you know you know when, when we think about um, conditions such as fibroids so fibroids are more more common in the um, you know in in my afro, you know afro Caribbean patients and um you know fibroids can lead to incredibly heavy relentless uh, menstrual bleeding so um you know certainly i've had conversations with women where they will say it you know it it's almost becoming financially unsustainable for me to continue having periods like this you know if i'm just going through um yeah you know sanitary towels I'm having to double up you know sanitary towels and tampons um so so it it, it's it's kind of been it's been it's if it's come up it's come up in the in the context of of conversations about usually you know heavy periods or um yeah it's probably in that context or um you know on reflection um you know, certainly um, patients who are um, struggling with poverty, um, you know, if, if, for example, they've come to see me about their depression and actually one of their main triggers is their sort of life circumstances, financial problems, um, you know, we'll have conversations about the fact that, you know, a, a single mum will um, not make a proper meal for herself. She will eat her children's leftovers so that her children, her two children will get a proper meal. Um, Now, I can only imagine that um, if she is um, not in a position to make a proper meal for herself, she will be struggling to buy sanitary products for herself. Um, But, you know, in that circumstances, you know, it hasn't necessarily come up. But I I can certainly infer from the conversations that we've had that period poverty would be a problem for someone like her. And certainly I have lots and lots of patients in in similar circumstances.
0: So what could, what do you think the government could do to make it, um, to, to kind of eradicate the problem and also perhaps make it easier for you to address the issue if, if patients are, um, if, if you're inferring from a, a patient that they may be suffering period poverty, what, what do you think um, could change to make your job easier?
1: Um, what could change to make my job easier? Well, I think, you know, I, I, I just, just wonder whether, you know, the, these the sorts of, we need to think about, you know, bringing down the price of some of these products. Like, you know, certainly the, the, I mean, even, even think, even reusable options such as a moon cup or, you know, um, let's, let's talk about, um, Period pants, for example, so a reusable sustainable option, um, just isn't an option, quite frankly, for most of my um patients who are who, who are often in, you know, in the most sort of deprived um section of society, it's just not an option for them. You know, the price point is often too high. Um, so you know, I un um, you know, unfortunately that the, the cheapest thing for these patients to buy is it it, you know is single single are you know they often are single-use products you know they tend to have a lower price point so um i think i don't know it's like tax breaks or i don't know something just 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 to encourage um because having a reuse of a lot for these patients would make a huge difference um so i think lowering the price point of some of those things i think would be would be really really helpful
0: do you think that the do you think England will ever get uh, free period products?
1: Do I think England will ever get free period products
0: or in the next kind of 10 years 5 years?
1: I don't actually. I I I don't. I do, I just don't I don't see it happening. I'm not sure that it's um um high enough up there on the um on the political agenda. I don't I don't think I don't think people quite frankly give enough of a toss about women
0: because <laughs> um, there's obviously been um some movement on in scotland uh we sanitary were part of the campaign to um change the government's position on the free period products bill as well so that there, there is i guess there is some hope um you know depending on the passage of that bill Uh, for period products in scotland at least to to be free for for all um and what i guess what hopes do you have for the future as the kids grow up in terms of either the the stigma surrounding menstruation or sustainable periods like you mentioned what what kind of hope do you have for them
1: well i I think that um you know that my certainly my my kids i think uh, uh you know i think that kids are much more open to talking about this stuff um you know my, my recollections of the conversations i had with my friends were always sort of hushed and whispered and i'm not sure that you know i think i think i my, my hope is that children are going to um really kind of embrace this about themselves you know this is this is a part of their biology You know, i really i i hope that um the, the next generation of, of women are actually going to you know really be able to 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 stand up and and not be not be bothered by it um and i certainly hope that that's the case for my kids um uh, you know uh, it's interesting because my my 4 year old is um is like my little eco warrior at home she's the person who will check whether something has a recyclable symbol on it um she sorts out our recycling bin she will tell me that things are in the wrong bin if they're in the wrong bin. Um, uh, you know, so I, you know, she's so aware of um thing, you know, the importance of state of sustainability and um, so, you know, so I I do think that, you know, more and more um, you know, I think my I think my children are going to be looking for eco-friendly, sustainable options for for, for periods, I think well i think
0: that's that's everything that's our that's our chat it was great to talk to you that was menstrual musings episode two with dr dipty taylor about chatting to me about periods thank you so much for your time
1: tips <laughs> no problem take care Sibs.
0: all right bye <laughs>